0: Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. You can also listen along from your computer at airportxnews.com podcast. Well, this is episode 40 of the podcast and a first... Well, they're actually all firsts. But anyway, this is a first because in this episode, I chat with someone who is pretty much outside of our industry. And he and I chat on a topic that is becoming rather mainstream. And I kind of stop short of saying acceptable because I know that this topic can be pretty polarizing. But I promised that when I started this podcast that I would look to beyond our industry and bring ideas that would at least start a conversation. Anyway, I chat with Jeff Danzer who is also known as Jeff the 420 Chef. And within the cannabis community, he's recognized as a bit of a pioneer in cooking with cannabis. So he and I talk about how he got into cooking with cannabis, and it's not what you might think, his use of can oils and can butters in making a wide variety of dishes, his thoughts on how this trend can grow, and more. So here's my conversation with Jeff Danzer. So I'm here with Jeff Danzer, who is more popularly known as Jeff the 420 Chef. And that's because he specializes in cooking and baking with cannabis, uh, butters and oils. He's also, he also has a couple projects underway, such as the free leaf odorless cannabis, which is for both culinary and consumption and smoking as well as the Budberry lounge. Jeff is a chef. He's an instructor. He's also an author. And with that, Jeff, thank you for taking the time to speak with me.
1: And yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So Jeff, uh, We cover the airport industry, specifically the points that impact the traveler's journey from curb to gate, and a large part of that are the restaurants and the stores and the services, and I wanted to have you on because cannabis, its application and consumption, it's been tremendous. The movement's been just really impactful. You see it on a lot of political platforms uh, fairly recently, which is great, and we as a publication, we cover these food trends, and I want to look outside of airports because, well, the cannabis menu has not yet made itself into airports as of yet, and we are a rather you know, conservative kind of industry. So before we get in all into that, um, I want to talk, talk a little bit about your background. You know, What brought you into cooking in general?
1: Yeah, sure. So you know, I was um, cooking for a friend of mine's mom who um, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and a family member who had a, a terminal brain tumor. It just all happened around the same time. And um, way back when this goes back about, uh, I'm going to say, eight, nine years, um, they were, uh, given what's called a medical recommendation for cannabis for their chemotherapy to alleviate the nausea and the anxiety and pain that they were suffering. And, uh, nobody knew what to do with it. They didn't want to smoke, uh, at the time vaping wasn't an option. Um, and they said, Hey, you know, maybe we can come up with some of your, some of your, your famous cookies and you can put some of the cannabis in there. So I started that way. Um, uh, I can only tell you that the first couple of batches of cookies did not come out so well. I did it the old-fashioned way with the cannabis, you know. Mm-hmm. You throw it into a crock pot with some butter and oil, um, and basically you infuse the cannabinoids into that. But what's happening there is you're basically infusing any contaminants in the cannabis are so also getting infused into your oil or butter. So, you know, that's where you're going to get a lot of that really dirty, uh, danky taste. Anyway, to make a long story short, they both challenged me because neither one of them wanted to they were medicating with their edibles and uh, they challenged me to take out that taste and uh, took me about a year and a half but I figured I had to take out um, majority of the taste of the cannabis so that they could you know actually enjoy the edibles uh, without a, that herbaceous pungent you know uh, cannabis taste. Uh, and then uh, took me about another year and a half to really get that process you know honed in. And now we have totally tasteless edibles, so we can make, you know, a very clean, tasteless can of oil and can of butter. And uh, we, can, we can also smoke that, and there's no odor
0: to it as well. But you had training prior to this, right? And you just happened to, or, or, or did the canners bring you into cooking?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, cannabis brought me into the culinary training scope. Oh, okay. um, before I start, before I got into it, I was uh, a fashion marketer living in New York City, and I would travel back and forth to California to visit family and you know my friends. And you know, that's when I was when I ended up doing a lot of the cannabis uh, cooking and experimentation. Um, but uh, I was I was uh, not a chef at the time. But uh, what had happened was uh, word got out that I have this tasteless uh, way of making you know edibles. Uh, the Daily Beast uh, interviewed me and wrote a story, and the title led story was "Meet the Julia Child of Weed." And literally overnight, uh, my phone started blowing up with, uh, my email started blowing up with, you know, requests from chefs and and publications and you name it. And in a very short order, um, I aligned myself with several very well known chefs taught them how to make the light-tasting oil and light-tasting butter because they wanted to get into the business as well. And um, so they taught me how to do what they do. Uh, I guess I was a good student. And uh, I guess you know, now you know why I'm at the food chain. <laughs>
0: oh, that's <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. Wow. So how long from when, uh, unfortunately, your, your, your friend's mother was ill to, to now that you worked on creating this odorless, tasteless blend?
1: Yeah. So it's been literally about nine years. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, although, although it's been, <laughs> and, you know, we're here now and it seems like it's just yesterday. You know, I started mm-hmm. on this journey about nine years ago. So I've really been at it in earnest. Uh, I, I left New York about four years ago to move to L.A. and do this full time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we're doing now. And We're just about to come out with our product.
0: And, and again, I'm... I'm completely ignorant of this so I, please excuse me when with some of my questions so as you said you started nine years ago was it was the perception still what it was then or was it becoming a little more accepted i know there had been some states i guess that had um had approved for medicinal use etc i mean nine years that's a yeah, long yeah. time ago
1: yeah so you know california um, had been a medical state for um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say since 1996 I think that's when they went medical. So if you had a medical recommendation in California, you could, uh, you know, use cannabis for specific medical conditions. And that's where it all started. I really didn't get going in earnest, you know, in a big way until Colorado uh, utilized But By that time, I had honed my skills to the point where I could just, you know, go out there, fly, fly out to Colorado and experiment with the, you know, the recreational side of things. Um, And that was right before California even went adult use, or what you know, you guys call recreational. We call adult use here. Um, But you know, it was uh, it was a nice slow build. But most of it started in California, and then it was California and Colorado, and then I just
0: started, you know, building it up. So what's what's that like? I'm not asking for any trade secrets, but it must be. I mean, you're you're part scientist in some ways, right? When you're trying to find (laughs) that correct blend. No, seriously. Yeah,
1: I'll tell you, you know, um, people say that, you know, I mean, I just, I just love tinkering in the kitchen and tinkering with my recipes, but, you know, the, the big thing was how do we maintain the, uh, at least the THC level, because the THC is really what helps with the anxiety and the pain relief, etc. cetera, um, you know, as well as maintaining CBD levels and strains that have CBD, which I think most people know about now, um, it's the non-cycle active found in cannabis and in hemp. Uh, and also has some very, very strong medicinal properties to it. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, for me, it was all about taking out what we didn't want in there for taste, but by by keeping in what we did want in there, which was the cannabinoid THC, and the CBD. And uh, now we have uh, odorless cannabis that when you smoke it doesn't, doesn't smell like weed at all. And we have tasteless cannabis so that, you know, you can use it for culinary use, and there's no cannabis taste in your food as well.
0: So do you, would you say that this is, um, I mean, your efforts are equal parts passion, advocacy, and, and perhaps maybe even trend? Because it is, it seems more dumb. <laughs> What's that?
1: Yeah, you definitely, hit, you definitely hit it on the head, you know, that those would be the three things, you know, that I would say. Uh, the interesting thing is just recently, all these articles are trying to come out that people hate the odor of cannabis. <laughs> You know you can walk down the street in any given city and you know that smell, yes. and you know they're saying that sixty one percent of the people that have been interviewed um, are not in favor of the odor, so that just helps us out with our odorless Canada so
0: you know what's what's the quality like? you know uh, you, you mentioned or the, the can of oils and butters and such. you know I'm assuming you then obviously use that as a replacement. I mean is it you said it's odorless and tasteless, so I'm assuming then there's no distinct difference if you were to serve me a dish with one versus that same dish without it.
1: Correct. Correct. So, so you won't have any taste of the cannabis in your food. Um, if you have the infused items, you know, obviously you'll feel it within a couple hours, mm-hmm. um, but you won't taste. It. And what we do at a lot of our dinner parties is um, we'll serve uh, virgin, uh, virgin portions. So we're, you know, they're not infused. So people who are at a dinner party, for example, uh, if they don't want to enjoy the cannabis, they can enjoy the same exact food everybody else does. It just doesn't have the cannabis in it and nobody feels left out. And what we typically do is that our dinner parties will you know, speak to each individual guest. We'll make sure they get whatever they want. We'll dose each individual person according to what their needs are. And uh, we'll make sure that everyone has a really great time. But not everybody uh, is going to be partaking in the infused items. And mm-hmm. even if they do, they don't have to partake in every infused item.
0: So let, let's just, uh, maybe I should have gone here first, but let's just, uh, maybe <laughs> you can no, uh, work to, because um, again, I'm, I'm part of the uninitiated. I'm sure there are many out there who are just like me, but can you maybe debunk and like demystify the perceptions of cooking with cannabis? I mean, we want to focus on the positives. I'm not here to say like, let's, yeah. let's talk about the, the health benefits, but really the positives of cooking with it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I tell you, you know, obviously the positive there's, you there's know, tremendous health benefits to it. Um, I will tell you that an issue that people find is it's daunting, it's scary, it's mysterious. Um, n- people typically don't know what the end result or end product is going to be. They don't know how potent it's going to be. Potency is a big issue for a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of people have had that experience, whether they were in college or you know even nowadays where you go and you have an edible, you take a bite of a brownie and you're, you know put on the floor for a day or two. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore, at least not here in California. You know, where we're really honing, you know, the uh, the art of cooking with cannabis. You know, basically there is every element uh, and every benefit that comes from cannabis when you're smoking it um, comes from eating it, but it's also more enhanced. A lot of people don't want to smoke. A lot of people don't want to vape. A lot mm-hmm. of people prefer ingestibles. And it's once we figured out how to dial in the potency and the dosage, you can really just have a wonderful experience through edible and a great edible experience as well so the culinary experience
0: so do you feel like you've helped kind of pioneer the you know the really um inaccurate like potency levels cuz you're right i mean i know people who have consumed and like sometimes they feel it sometimes they don't and all of a sudden you know maybe it wasn't just as um, as much of a science as maybe you've made it to be now
1: yeah i mean i'll definitely you know i mean people have said that i've pioneered uh, layered microdosing which basically is taking small, very, very low dose portions, combine them together for a full dose of, let's say, 10 milligrams. And most people who don't live in an adult use state don't know what that means. But 10 milligrams is the uh, basically one single dose of THC, that 10 milligrams will make you feel like you had about two glasses of wine on an empty stomach, if you're you're uninitiated. If you're initiated, it may not make you feel anything, but if you're uninitiated, (laughs) that's a 10 milligrams will make you feel like... (laughs) Uh, You you can feel the effects. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are great with five milligrams. I mean, at a lot of my dinner parties, people come over and say, listen, I don't really want as much as everybody else. Can I just do five milligrams? Can I just do two milligrams? And the answer is yes. You know, we can give you whatever you want.
0: So I want to, I do, um, I'm going to put a pin on the dinner party part, because part, I do want to ask about that. But um, my, my, one of my next questions is, you know, at one time people became really entertained with cooking. You know, you, I attribute that to the rise of like, or the popularity of Food Network, etc. You got into the celebrity mm-hmm. chef thing. You know, now it's the education of people and thus yeah they have we have the, the lay person like myself we have a greater understanding of food how it's sourced how it's made and the ingredients i mean i didn't even know there were more There were like five billion types of mushrooms so um <laughs> True. but i uh, know no seriously and maybe that's we're talking about denver and mushrooms but the the culinary mushrooms that is um yeah but <laughs> it's a more it's a more educated consumer or a more educated lay person so does this help in any way to fight back the stigma of anything that's made with cannabis?
1: Yeah, it does. You know, I'll tell you, you know, nowadays I, I don't see the stigma out, you know, um, within medical states or even larger states. You know, if you're living in a state like you know, California, Colorado, New York, New Jersey, the stigma's pretty much gone for most of us. You know, it's in some of the more, you know, closed minded southern states or even states <laughs> where <laughs> cannabis might be illegal, you know, for example Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. So cannabis is pretty much, you know, it's now medicinal legal in Florida. They're working on adult use in Florida. Um, but the majority of the Floridians that I've spoken with um, that are over the age of, I'm going to say 40, um, still have something, you know, um, tied up within them about cannabis, which is very, mm-hmm. very, you know, surprising. I have family that lives there, and it's so incredible when I meet with people how backwards they're thinking about cannabis. And that's in Florida, which is really crazy. So, you know, I mean, I feel I feel that depending on geographical location, um, people really need to understand the truth behind cannabis. And I don't think enough information is getting out about cannabis. The real true information, not the one drug information, yes. but it's not getting out in, in certain states and certain states are trying to keep this, you know, um, an illegal substance. And it's really it's really not harmful at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't listen. I don't want to get too political on here, but you know, obviously, with um, with incarceration and, and and the viewpoint that it's a gateway drug and things like that, you know, I think that that perpetuates in some ways, as opposed to the work that maybe you're doing um, to uh, promote its benefits. You know, yeah, yeah, it's be interesting. Out.
1: You, you know, you know they're, they're finding out now, for example, cannabis is a gateway, but a gateway away from drug use. It's a mm-hmm. gateway away from opioid use, you know, and it's a gateway away from cigarettes. So there's a lot that people are really trying, that people are realizing now and they're saying, wait a second, this is really an amazing medicinal herb with, amazing, with tremendous benefits. Why, you know, why is it stigmatized? you know, what is wrong with it. And and a lot of people, and most people, if you think about it, once they know somebody that benefits from it, they change their mind. You know, they go, let's let's go pull a full 180. I mean, look at John Boehner. He's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You know, he's now in the business.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That might be more of a, of an opportunist uh, type there. (laughs) It
1: doesn't matter. I mean, seriously, think about, you know, who he is, you know, uh, what his stance has been, where he is now, whether it's opportunity or not, the fact is he obviously has to see the benefits to come into the business.
0: Well, uh, it, it's this might seem the answer might seem a little obvious and self-serving, but like I, I it's easy to say that you are obviously an advocate for it, and you're working too. In addition to the um to the culinary stuff that you're doing to kind of reverse that, whether it's legally yes. and perception-wise.
1: Yes, yes, 100. percent I, I want people to understand that this is really truly you know a magical product that we've had on the planet since since the day the picture of the planet was created you know and up until 1937 it was not illegal you mm-hmm. know people had tincture of cannabis in their in their medi- uh, medicine cabinet it was only back you know in 1937 when they started holding against cannabis that things started to change and all of a sudden it was vilified so i'm really grateful that now you know we're able to take it and actually show people what this amazing plant can do You know, but on the flip side of it, we need to educate people. And I think people are actually starting to really see the benefits and CPD is a big, a big help in that. Mm
0: -hmm. So I I should say right out front that I'm not um, advocating for its adoption within the airports one way or the other. I'm just here to kind of, (laughs) no, no, seriously, I'm here to, um, I'm here to kind of just talk about, uh, talk with a professional such as yourself, someone who's um, learned in this, in this area. And and, and whoever's listening then can come to their own conclusions. But um, yes. saying that, uh, because I think it is responsible for us to see, to focus this on this as a, an emerging uh, trend, yeah, I, I want to talk about the dinner mm-hmm. parties that you host. Because you, you are a chef. Um, you're also uh, you know, an instructor in many ways. So there's two things I want to cover next. But do you, mm-hmm. do, you attract, do you really attract the curious, like maybe the non-users to, to some of these parties or maybe to the, the classes that you might teach?
1: Yeah, you know, there are a lot of people that come to these events that, you know, don't uh, enjoy cannabis. I mean, they don't want cannabis. I'm into it. But they'll come to the event because it's a great event. Everyone's, you know, talking about it. Their friends invited them or they're on a date. Um, And they enjoy food that's not infused at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like, you know, they they see it as, um, and a lot of people going to these events, they actually see it for what it is uh, instead of what they thought it was. And I can only tell you, you know, I mean, and there's, um, uh, you can even watch the shows. I have um, worked with people who have been completely anti-cannabis. One actor in in particular um, was on a show on on ITV, which is a uh, UK-based network, and um, it was all about cannabis and these uh, celebrities that, you know, have have been like A-list celebrities, you know, back in the day in the UK, and they brought them out here to... Uh, to L.A. to, you know, to enjoy cannabis. And this one guy said, I will never try cannabis. And then he finally tried cannabis at an event that I catered on air. And um, he said, you know, he never thought that he would do it, but he did it. And he's glad that he did. And he had a great time, you know, and that's because we explained to him, you know, exactly what it was that he was uh, going to be, you know, obviously enjoying. And um, we made a very low dose, made it very non-mysterious and not
0: scary at all. (laughs)
1: And, um,
0: he was just like, that was one of the greatest things I ever did. So, uh, would you do your, well, not the dinner parties, cause I'm assuming that the, the people who come to your parties are already uh, educated on this aspect, but the, the instruction, not everybody, oh, not everyone. Okay. So, so whether oh. it's at your dinner parties or the instructional, I mean, how, how much is it education of the product itself versus, you know, education of its use in what you're cooking?
1: Yeah, I would say both. You know, everybody always has a lot of questions. You know, at these events, unless you unless you are a seasoned, uh, you know, uh, cannabis enthusiast, I like to call people who enjoy cannabis. You know, and you know what it, you know what it's about. You will have questions, and it's a brand new thing out there. It's something that had always been, you know, made to seem to be evil and illegitimate, and all of a sudden, it's wonderful, and people are confused. So like, well, what is it? How am I doing this? How am I going to feel? You know, so my, you know, my mission is to make the cannabis consumption experience simple and easy for everyone. So whether it's through, you know, my cookbook, that teaches you how to cook with it, or whether it's through, you know, the, the programs that I'm on, whether it's my dinner parties, or just, you know, going into, you know, a dispensary and buying our product, so you can have an experience where no one's going to bother you because they smell the odor, you know, they won't smell the odor. So it's pretty much free and clear of all stigma. Um, you know, it, that's what we do. So we educate people to understand that this is a wonderful plant. You know, let's remove the stigma from it and let's bring it out you know, into the open. Perfect.
0: So you mentioned your cookbook, and I, I was going to get to that next. Um, you know, what type of dishes are, would you say are in there uh, that, you, that you've made and created uh, with a can of oils? And
1: <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked. There's over 100 recipes, nice. a lot of fine dining in there. Um, we do everything from, you know obviously, standard cookies and brownies To uh, you know, I I do a full pot Shabbat meal. There's basically you know everything from you know the challah bread all the way to the you know uh, traditional foods that you eat eat at a pot Shabbat. We've got a a traditional Mexican fiesta in there. We have Oaxacan with Oaxacan mole. Um, We've got um, Thai recipes in there. My Hazy Thai wings is one of my most popular uh, recipes. Uh, We do a lot of really fun stuff. So anything you can cook with butter or oil for the most part, as well as, you know, you can get a little more advanced and use anything that you can make with sugars and you know syrups and stuff as well. But anything you you can cook with um, a butter, oil, syrup, or sugar, you can create with
0: cannabis. So what's a what's a good dish if you had to recommend like let's let's go through the app to the entree to the dessert. <laughs> let's make it a little fun. You know, <laughs> what would you what would you recommend if you were making a, a dinner Pardon.
1: So, you know, I'll tell you the most popular dish we have now that summertime is coming up, you know, um, we've been doing a lot of um, my watermelon gazpacho, which you would never think you would have cannabis in there, you know, uh, but we do. We actually use the cannabis leaf, and we also use the cannabis oil. So it's infused with the oil, and there's a taste profile of the leaf, if we want to. And the the taste profile of a cannabis leaf is like a a leaf of pepper. It doesn't taste like wheat. So we'll do something like that. My hazy Thai wings is always a favorite, if you've ever had – Thai street wings like pop pop uh, street wings um this is uh the cannabis infused version of it again you'll, you won't be able to tell the difference from a cannabis standpoint only from a culinary standpoint that they just taste amazing um and then you know i mean we even do potball ball soup which is another very very popular <laughs> recipe so it's mossa ball soup infused <laughs> with cannabis we call it uh. potball soup so anything you can make you can make with cannabis
0: I know different oils have different properties. So if you had to compare it to like olive oil, vegetable oil, whatever is, is it similar to one of those in terms of cooking uh, properties and such?
1: That that that's a great question. What we actually do is we infuse the cannabis into either olive oil, coconut oil, or avocado oil. So you know, if we're for example, I'll do salad dressing, you know, and I'll use olive oil for my salad dressing. Well, that olive oil is infused. And you know, but the culinary cannabis that that we invented does is it's a tasteless cannabis product that you just stick into your butter or oil. You steep it for two hours, um, the same way that you would steep tea, and then in two hours you just strain it, and your oil is beautiful, tastes great, and is infused.
0: And it still retains the since it's tasteless, it still retains the the tastes of whatever oil it it. You're using like, or infusing. Right, it, right. It. It'll
1: retain, yes. It'll taste just like the olive oil that it started with or the coconut oil that it started with, but there won't be the cannabis taste. That's how we call it taste.
0: Is there an, any dish it might not work in? I mean, I can't imagine because you just said any butters or oils, oil recipes, I mean, I, that's kind of universal, but is there anything where it might not work?
1: You know, I haven't found anything, really. I mean, you can make candy out of it. People make hard candies out of it. Obviously, baked goods is a big part of it, you know. Um, I don't know if there's anything that you cannot make with cannabis these days.
0: Is there some sort of just, uh, like, maybe a warning? Because, I mean, listen, allergies are universal. My son has a peanut allergy, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. When you have your parties, maybe just, like... Um, Uh, just a a caption or just notice before people attend your your dinner parties and such i mean because again it's i think the 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 perception is there's it's still relatively unknown right Um, Mm -hmm. especially if if my someone like myself wanted to try it out god forbid if Mm -hmm. i don't have an adverse reaction but
1: yeah i'll tell you, you know i've never had anybody have an adverse reaction to cannabis um, obviously, you know, uh, we, have the, we have the same allergy warnings and we have the same questions about food allergies when we do our dinner parties like any other chef would. For example, peanut allergies are a big thing, but I have never seen, a, had a cannabis allergy. Or someone of the, you know, they came in and said, I'm allergic to cannabis, mean, if they were, they wouldn't be at that party.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I don't think so. Um, we've never had, had any issues with that, so I wouldn't be able to talk to them.
0: So I have a couple more questions. Um, One being, I'm sure you travel, you used to live in New York, you said, um, and now in LA, you know, airports, quasi-governmental, heavily regulated. You know, what would you, could you envision a time where there would be kind of cannabis or CBD infused type of uh, menu items in in the space?
1: Absolutely. I I think, you know, that airlines should at least consider CBD items. You know, I think it'd be really cool if you could walk, the airport store and buy, you know, low dose edibles, you know, I think that a really interesting thing for people to do if they, if they could, you know, they're already buying at a dispensary before they fly and they'll bring, for example, a you know, a pack of two and a half milligram mints on the plane, or they'll bring chocolate, you know, or, or whatever. Um, they want to help them, you know, with their anxiety when they fly or just makes it a much more pleasurable, you know, flight experience. But how cool would it be to get that in the airport? You know, and how cool would it be if, you, you know, if you could order some menu on the flights that still serve food and say, hey, this is infused with CBD. I'm feeling a little anxious. It'll help, you know, relieve my anxiety. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Well, even, e- even within the, the terminals themselves, the restaurants I- I within the airport, because I know um, the movement over the years, since I, I've been here for 14 plus years, and uh, there have been more... Um, there have been a lot of street-side talent that's coming into the terminal now, beyond the celebrity chefs, that is, who, who are um, creating these great meals where the quality kind of rivals what you find in the street. So I'm, I'm assuming that um, if this is a big trend on the street, it would immediately find its way in, within the terminal as well. And,
1: yeah, I would think so as well. You know, the only challenge is because it's a federal space. Exactly. And since cannabis, for, for whatever reason, it's still federally illegal, you have an issue. But, you know, I know that LAX, they're not stopping people for cannabis anymore. I do know that there have been, a, you know, like over 100% more arrests for bringing in, you know, for, for flying with, with too much cannabis. But um, they're not taking it away. They're not stopping it at LAX. Um, they made an announcement. But they announcement that if you're flying interstate or to another state, you know, that allowed cannabis, there wouldn't be an issue. So, you know, I haven't tried it myself, but, you know, I've heard the reports, So.
0: Well, my last question, Jeff, is, you know, putting on looking into your crystal ball. You know, what are your predictions for cannabis in the food industry? And I assume it's contingent upon the passage of medicinal and, you know, uses, et etc. Correct?
1: Yeah, well, i will say, you, you know, I think it's definitely making it into the mainstream very quickly. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, we're going to be opening up one of the first cannabis edibles lounges in the, in the entire world here in West Hollywood towards the end of the year. You know, and that's basically a restaurant. You're going to have wake and bake, you know, options in the morning. You're going to have your, you know, daytime fare in the afternoon. And then it's swapped over to a lounge at night. And you'll be able to have, you know, can of cocktails, which is something that I, that I make. So I invented a syrup. Uh, that you actually can uh, just infuse it into soda and make it taste like a spritzer. Um, even though there's, there's no alcohol at all, it's infused. So, you know, I feel that the more products like that come out there, the more we have things like these lounges that are coming out, and the more there's easier access to cannabis, specifically in the states that are currently adult use. And as it gets, you know, as it starts traveling or continues to travel, you know, around the country and around the world, cannabis will be 100% legitimized. Mm-hmm. Throughout the world, I think within the next four to five years. I would not be surprised if in 2020, it's federally legalized, the same way Canada de- uh, legalized it. It's really amazing you know, how mainstream it's becoming.
0: Well, Jeff, that's all I have. I appreciate your time and expertise in sharing uh, you know, your viewpoint on, on, on this topic.
1: Thank you. I, I really appreciate having me on the show. You know, if anybody wants to find out more about uh, you know, what we do, uh, you can visit my Instagram, which is Jeff the 420 chef Uh, You can see all the really cool foods that we do, which are something like probably you've never seen before with cannabis. Uh, And of course my cookbook, the 420 Gourmet will teach you how to do it at home.
0: Excellent. And that's, and the website is jeffthe420chef.com, correct?
1: Correct. Right. Yes. The website's jeffthe420chef.com. Instagram is jeffthe 420 Chef And the cookbook is called the 420 Gourmet. And I have to say we just, Sold out of our first printing on Amazon, over 10,000 copies. It has uh, five star reviews on Amazon. So, you know, second printing is now out with, uh, you know, uh, any uh, edits that we had to make. And uh, it's really fantastic. So, it's doing very well.
0: Thank God. Well, thank you so much, Jeff.
1: Thank you. I appreciate having me on the show.